Welcome to Jordan Drew, the sports crew, episode 54 now, and we have on Zach Roush. So it's really today we got Zach and Drew, the sports crew, as Zach Roush steps in. Jordan Lorenz on vacation. He is in Arizona. He's coming back, though. Did a lot of good sporting themed stuff, posted it was on our Twitter, on his Twitter. But yeah, with that, we got Zach on, as I said. So Zach, how you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. And yeah, this is first time Zach does a full episode on the sports crew. We've had him on, you know, we've had him on doing half episodes before on these Monday episodes, but you'll catch him Fridays with myself and Jared Valeski and some guests covering the offseason. So that's kind of what we've been doing right now. So go check those out. I know a lot of people last Friday enjoyed our episode. That was where we covered the Patriots and Bears, and that was a lot of fun. But, yeah, we got more stuff coming your way. And, Zach, do we know what, what teams we are covering this Friday in our offseason series? Um, Maybe the Titans working on that. Otherwise, possibly uh, Colts or Packers with the Fonte Adams trade. That'd be a good one, I think. I think, yeah, Packers certainly right now. They've moves have been heating up. We'll talk about them later in the episode. So, yeah, always make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We are one subscriber away from 50. So, if Zach, you're not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you should do that. Make it make it number 50. But uh-huh. good. Very good then. So, the shout-out of the week then, if we're going to go to our shout-out right away here, it's got to be the Brilliant Lions and the Ron Colley Jets. Both of them participated in the state tournament this past weekend. And, Wow. They both did great. Sadly, Brilliant could not pull it off against West Salem. That was quite the team. They ended up losing there. And then Ron Colley Jets, they shocked some people because, you know, a lot of people were not, were not sure how this Ron Colley team would handle, you know, the Milwaukee Academy of Science Novas with them being seated as one and two and just overall their, their athleticism and their play style. They pressed the full game. You know, a lot of they, they have some flashy transition plays and, Wow, Ron Colley took it to them. Coach Joe Garceau, beautiful game plan. You know, we saw him really build a wall. Uh, I, I kind of compared it almost to what we saw, you know, the Raptors do with Giannis is, is similar to what we saw uh, at the state title game for Division Four. And, yeah, the Ron Colley Jets pulled out. We'll, we'll talk about that game more tomorrow on our EWC state breakdown. That would be your Robert Schimmick and myself with both of us being at state. So that'll be a lot of fun, but. Yeah, shout out both those teams. Incredible seasons, incredible players, incredible teams. Yeah, just overall, I mean, top to bottom, that's what a winning program looks like in both of those squads. And let's move, Zach, now to the stats of the week. Do you know what the stats of the week is, Zach? Have you been a part of this? Um, I've listened to a couple episodes with it, yeah. Yeah, so we're just going to go through some of the stats that happen around the week in sports. And with that, I mean, I, a lot of them, you'll notice a little bit of a theme here with March being kind of mad, right? So let's start with the St. Peter's squad, Zach. Did you see this? The St. Peter's Peacocks, the 15 seed that made to the Sweet 16? Yeah, they had a couple upsets, which uh, kind of destroyed my bracket. But, you know, yeah. always good game. Always. You're right. St. Peter's men's basketball coach, Shaheen Holloway, made – 266,000 in 2019, and that's including bonuses paid and value of benefits per school's most recent federal tax documents. John Calipari, his basic pay from Kentucky for this season, not including benefits and perks or bonuses, $8.5 million. So look at that. David and Goliath story, it felt like 
you know, with, with that game. And it was just really good to see St. Peter's make it to the first ever Sweet 16 ever. So that's a stat I liked. And then here it is. Coach K, he embarks on his 36th NCAA tournament. And that was, he entered with 12 career final four appearances. And that ties the great John Wooden for the most by any head coach in NCAA tournament in history. They're looking good right now. You know, it depends if they can knock off the Zags, Gonzaga, to really see if they can make that final four run again. But here it is. Next stat, another NCAA tournament, another one for Kansas. The Jayhawks have won a game in each of the last 15 NCAA tournaments. And that's the longest active streak by any program. They had a little bit of a scare against Creighton on Saturday. But they got it done, so no worries there. With San Diego State, they they fell in OT to Creighton. That game happened a few days ago already. The Mountain West Conference, they finished 0-4 in this year's NCAA tournament. They're just the third conference to finish 0-4 or worse in a single tournament, joining the 1989 SEC, which finished 0-5, and then the 1985 Pac-10, which was 0-4. So, yeah, the Mountain West Conference, they really underachieved this year. If you look at some of the squads, but... Overall, I mean, that's just some, that conference wasn't the strongest, you know, and that, that can happen now in March. You know, we, we there's always that narrative with the Big Ten, right, where they can't win big games. I, I mean, they can't they can't make it far in the tournament, which we'll see if that comes, you know, if that comes true or not. But, you know, we saw Iowa already get dropped right away, but we'll have to wait and see with that. And then, I mean, I got a base. I threw a baseball one in here because I had to. Right. Um, starting up soon. Looking forward to it. With Monte Harrison being DFA'd by the Marlins, the second worst trade in Marlins history is Yelich for four players, which this this was the trade, right? It was Monte Harrison, Luis Brinson, and then Jordan Yamamoto. All three of those guys are already gone. They are, they've been out of the system. They've been traded. They've been, you know, DFA'd, all that good stuff. Isan Diaz is the only guy left. He's batting 185 in a career 439 big league at bats. Zach, what do you think about you know this trade? We go back to it. I mean, what a steal for the Brewers. I know Yelch hasn't been the same, but still a steal. Yeah, I mean, whenever you can get a player of Yelch's quality for the amount that the Brewers had to give up, I think that kind of changes on their franchise, and it definitely helped them back in the 2019 season. And it still helps them today with adding another bat to the lineup even though Yelich has been the same as you said. Yeah, and I, I think that number one trade for sure has got to be the Miguel Cabrera trade. And then, of course, there's there's a lot of trades you know, that could go up here for the Marlins. Giancarlo Stanton can go up there. Uh, there's just been some guys they've given up that it's like you're scratching your head, right? And it's tough to hit down in Miami, but they got, they got Jorge Soler. We'll see if that helps out, you know, that offense, but... I, I don't know. I, I like Sandy Alcantara because, you know, looking at where where they play, he's a, he's their, a starter. He's He had a great year last year, but, you know, just looking where they play, that, that ballpark is tough to hit in. I think he's going to have another great year, maybe even better. But, yeah, um, with that, let's go to on this day. The date is March 21st, 2022, and let's, let's hear him. So, on this day in 1953. An NBA record, 106 fouls, and twelve, and with that, 12 players foul out, which was in the Boston-Syracuse game. Uh, Zach, this sounds like a lot of Kyle Whitmas is playing, right? Is that is that what I'm understanding? I think he'd fit in great on that team. I think he would play. Yeah, he would handle this very well. 
Um, just pick, being able to foul, right? I mean, that's this sounds like a skill at this point. 106 fouls and 12 players. Wow. That must have been a long game. But in 1955, I thought, thought this one was interesting. The Brooklyn Bulletin, they asked Dodger fans to not call their team bums. And I don't think this, they'd be asking that today. Look at what the Dodgers have done with their lineup. Zach, they're throwing out the best lineup we've seen in the 21st century, in my opinion. I don't know if you agree. Yeah, probably. I mean, obviously they have the high payroll, which is a different argument, and the whole salary cap, luxury tax, all that type of thing. But, yeah, if you have the money, I mean, they're definitely doing what they should be doing with it. Come on, they got Freeman, Turner, Muncy. I mean, those three guys, Justin Turner. You have four, like, all-star caliber players in the middle of your lineup. Plus guys who are gonna hit you hit you 20, 30 home runs like on the like down the line. It's it's insane. They have one of the best offensive catchers. I don't know, that team's gonna do very well. Cody Bellinger, if he goes anything back to like what he used to be, I mean there's they have an MVP there too. So it's how I say it, the rich get richer. And I think that's kind of what happened with LA in this offseason. But yeah, we'll we'll talk about more of these here. 1961, Art Modell, he purchased the Cleveland Browns. The then record sum of $3.9 million. So we saw the Browns just go out and spend some money. We'll talk about it in the offseason. We'll talk about what they did, what they all did when we talk NFL. But 1970, on this day, in 32nd NCAA Men's Basketball Championship, UCLA, they beat Jacksonville, 80-69. to Bruins' fourth straight title under Coach John Wooden. And uh, we mentioned him earlier, legendary coach for the Bruins. I believe... Um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar would have been on this team. Then Lou Alcindor, um, he could have been drafted, I mean, 1970, but I think this was his last year. I think he won it here then, and then I think he went to the draft, and then he ended up with the Bucks. 1984 on this day, NFL owners, they passed the infamous anti-celebrating rule. Um, I had to throw that one in there, Zach, because we know that one is loved by the fans, right? Well, yeah, I don't don't know anyone that doesn't like that rule celebrating you know 15 yard penalty that's how, that's how they thought it should be thankfully they've kind of relaxed that rule because that's made it very exciting but with that zach let's head into the weekly sports talk we got a lot today we're going to be starting with some basketball we'll go from college to nba like i said high schools tomorrow we'll be talking and then we'll talk some nfl we'll talk you know college as well we'll we'll see what happens here so just to start we gotta start talking about the uw milwaukee panthers they hired bart lundy of division two queens university as its new men's basketball coach so the coaching search was pretty short-lived i mean they got their guy right away and boy they got a good one um this this guy has been one of the most dominant division two coaches he finished queens finished 30 and four this past year it's Third consecutive 30-win season in basketball. That is insane in college basketball. And the connection here is that this, Mr. Lundy, he served as director of basketball operations at Marquette under coach at that time, Buzz Williams. And then he spent the 2012-2013 season as an assistant at North Texas. And, yeah, he's been at Queens. He coached at High Point. I mean, he's been he's been around – He's been successful almost everywhere where he's been, and that's what the Panthers need. They haven't posted a winning season since 2015-2016. That was three coaches ago, Zach. Uh, they went 57-92 and overall 
and 34 and 59 in Horizon League playing five seasons under Baldwin. We're likely again to see PBJ. He's not coming back, right? He's going to the NBA. They got him projected 20 to 30 um, in the draft. But the beauty of getting a great coach like this, the transfers that are potential, the, that potentially can transfer in, the people who could potentially commit to Milwaukee, I think those chances grow now because I don't know. I, I think right now with Bart Lundy, he's one of the most respected coaches, you know, in the game as well. Uh, I know people who cover division one basketball were just, they, they loved this hire. They were talking about how Milwaukee got the hire of the year in the, in the college or in the college basketball off season. And it hasn't really even started yet. So that's how, you know, you know, hopefully that, that comes true. You know, hopefully he, he does well as he's expected right now. Cause I, I don't know if you knew this, Zach, but Milwaukee has high basketball expectations at the school on this. They made the sweet 16 in 2005. They've made the NCAA tournament, I believe, three or four times in this century already. So, you know, that's past 22 years. They made it, that's pretty good, not pretty good numbers, right? So, you know, big high expectations for the Milwaukee Panthers. And you've been to a game, Zach, so you know what it's like. You know, you know how the atmosphere is. And hopefully we see more of that next year. But are you going to start being a Milwaukee Panther fan? We'll have to see. I mean, yeah, it was definitely a fun time. We went to a game that place gets pretty loud when Milwaukee's on a roll, but but they weren't on a roll. How much did uh Patrick Baldwin's uh draft stock go down this year? Did it go down? Yeah, that's a, a great point. Um it did go down, but you would think, right, after how he played. I mean, you watched him play in person, right? Uh yeah. it went down roughly, you know, 10 to 15 spots. So not as much as you would think. He's still first round draft pick. And he's still, you know, will get first round draft pick money. So and maybe not that lottery, you know, with how, how just how it is, right? His draft stock did go down, but not as much as people think because again, he still has that skill set that many teams want. You know, six, six, eight, six, nine, um, shooting like excellent shot, and just a guy. You know, I I always give the player comp for him, like a guy like PJ Washington. Well, guys, he start on the Hornets. I think that's the best player comp I can give. Maybe not the same level of, of athleticism. But like, you know, the, the same build, right? And and I mean, they both will shoot, you know, shoot from three, you know, around thirty percent. I think maybe maybe PBJ has upside a little bit more. I I don't know, but when we analyze more in the NBA draft. We'll be talking about that. And let's talk March Madness now. You know, I I'm gonna call it March Sadness, right? Um, let's just say I you know before we before before we recorded, I was talking to Zach about my bracket. I I told him. I basically told him, I said, baseball starts March 7th or March, not March 7th, April 7th. So that shows, you know, I'm, I'm not really, you know, my bracket's kind of over as simple as that. Not going to mention how it's doing. Not going to mention my ranking in the sports crew um, bracket challenge out of 32. I'm not going to mention where I am. I don't think I need to. You bottom five. Uh, No worse, but okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, Fuck you in it at all. So, I mean, I'm not doing so hot either. Zach, yeah. Man, uh, you can't fault Zach for doing that. I mean, it's just, my, just March, but let's just say I had Tennessee going really far. Uh, and they sadly disappointed everyone, including myself. Because, you know, I looking at Tennessee, right? Um, they have, you know, one of the best defenses in the country. And, you, you know, defense wins championships. You know, we've heard that cliche before. But, but seriously, they were on a roll. 
And I think they were the team to be reckoned with. I thought they were under, you know, undervalued at a three seed. They, they could have easily been a two. And with that, that kind of made me be like, okay, I, I think that they have the potential. Like Villanova doesn't win the Big East. They're a two seed. I mean, Tennessee is flat out. It's just as easy as that. And I think for me, that was kind of the selling point. Like, wow, they're a steal at three. And I thought they're playing Michigan. Come on. Come on. But um, yeah, Michigan's actually proved a lot of people wrong, but Michigan was undervalued as well at the 11. So again, that'll happen, even though the record was very poor. Um, they still, they, they're, they're still, you know, big 10 power five squad who has some convincing wins. So yeah, that, that part was frustrating. Uh, that Marquette game talk about frustrating, right? Um, let's just shout out the nine to 10 people, Zach, who texted me during or after the game saying either haha Marquette or Marquette L, right? Isn't that isn't that cool? And almost yeah. I think I, I counted double digits of people. That's and I think you were one of them. So you know congrats. You're part of the 10. But wow, what a pathetic performance by the Marquette Golden Eagles. I don't even know where to go from there, right? Um yeah I guess was, I didn't like what happened that they they just play bad could make a shot or well I wasn't able to in, but. both of the things you said are accurate. Um I mean Omax Prosper, so Olivier Omax since Prosper. He played he, he played the best, you know, arguably user scoring leader. Shot six for ten from the field. But when he's playing playing the best, I mean, this guy's a catch and shoot guy. So um you're not gonna really do well. Um Justin Lewis arguably, you know, had a chance for big East player of the year. Here is Zach. Two for fifteen from the field, six points. He was held scoreless in the first half. You're not gonna win if your best player is held scoreless in the first half in a tournament game. And, you know. It sounds like a John Davis in the Big Ten tournament. Oh, yeah. No, and it's exactly like that. But the difference is, you know, Wisconsin played that excellent defense in that second half against, you know, against Colgate. They played phenomenal defense. But this Marquette team played terrible defense, both halves. So they gave up 53 points in one half in the first half. Three points, three pointers were falling. Um, they were making everything. Grad transfer Brady Manick. He made Houston for 15 from the field, five for 10 from three. And, you know, he's making, he kind of looks like Aaron Baines almost, I'd say. But uh, Caleb Love made six threes as well. You know, th- those two combined had 11 threes. And that's, if you think about that, those two combined had, <laughs> they had more threes than Marquette as a team. So just to point that out, Justin Lewis was settling for threes again. I, I said this was a common theme. You know, he was both of his shots made were threes, too. So, I mean, nothing in the paint. Uh, North Carolina, they've been hot. And, you know, I, I thought Marquette had a chance with them because, again, Marquette's defense. I know it's been inconsistent, but they've been really able to do well in the Big East and big games. I, I point out Villanova beating them twice is, of course, a you know, a tough feat to have. And then. Uh, beating Providence by 30 plus as well, but nothing went together. Uh, three technical slash flagrant foul, fouls in one half against the, in this game as well, Zach. One of them hanging on the rim. Uh, one of them, Shaka, gets teed up. And then one of them, Daryl Morcel, gets teed up. He could have actually been ejected. Um, he grabbed a guy by his neck on the um, during a jump ball. So uh, not did was not a good seed, but thankfully he was not ejected, but just not a good look, but Marquette season's over. Um, this was a team that wasn't even supposed to make the tournament. They're, they were not even supposed to make the NIT. So I think them getting to the March Madness, 
March Madness again is a big, you know, turnaround and credit Shaka for a great year. But this team just flat wasn't ready. And now we we just wait to see what Justin Lewis is going to do. If, I think his draft stuck after this game. He's not going to, you know, he was supposed to go into the first round. I don't think he's going into the first round if he goes right now. I think with Marquette, if you're Marquette, you need to say, all right, Justin Lewis, you know, if you stay one more year, odds are, you know, he's going to end up going top 15, top 20, because that's just how it is. If you stay one more year to prove his game, because right now he's not ready. So I really hope, because I I know at least Shaka and they understand, right? These guys are, some of them are going, want to go NBA. And with that, you know, you got to respect their decision, but I think they can truly help Justin Lewis out if he stays one more year. Maybe if he won Big East, Big East Player of the Year, put up you know bigger stats rest of March, you could maybe say, all right, you know, understand if you're ready for the NBA. I mean, you proved it, right? But he's not ready. So hopefully we see him back one more year. But Wisconsin and Colgate, Zach, you said you watched this game, right? I did, yeah. So, yeah, what what is showing by the Colgate? By Colgate, um, that was a – I don't know what I expected. I mean – I thought Colgate can make it close because Colgate is, you know, excellent three-pointing team as we saw. And they just have, you know, they have some pieces. They were the hottest team in the nation in terms of, you know, winning and, and such. But, you know, that first half, that scared a lot of um, Wisconsin fans. and But they were able to take care of it. You know, at Wisconsin defense, I always credit. I think they are, you know, the, the last 10 minutes they played the best defense they played, you know, that whole game. And then that, that can win them games there. And Johnny Davis, though, Zach, what, what did you think of watching him play? Um, well, at the beginning, at the beginning of the game, he wasn't hitting a whole lot of shots. I thought he was going to kind of have an off game again. But then he really stepped up at the end of the game. Um, he kind of got hot. And he can't, I'd say he was the one that put the game away for the Badgers in the end. Yeah, and they only won by seven. He definitely did. I was talking with Jared of the Journey to Million about this. His shot selection is going to be a common theme, I think, in this tournament. If they want to win, I think we really got to see his shot selection be more controlled, more disciplined, because, wow, he'll, he'll chuck it up. This is not – I mean, Wisconsin star players in the past have not been players like him. Like That's where I, I find it so weird how he, he's been able to thrive in Wisconsin just – you know, just having the ball in his hands and him just throwing up shots. I mean, this wasn't Sam Decker. This wasn't Frank Kaminsky. This is this is Johnny Davis. Johnny Davis does what he wants. It seems you know he'll he'll throw up those double contested threes. We saw him air ball a couple shots, right? And it, they were bad air balls. But again, he has the he has the green light, and maybe he doesn't, but he he gives himself the green light, and he he's gonna shoot it whenever. And you know, he's a volume scorer, I think, in that. So he'll score in bunches, and we saw him score a lot in bunches in the second half. For me, their guy, you know, my, my favorite player on that team, I think their their most consistent scorer, Tyler Wall. I'm, I'm going to throw him as my consistent scorer because Johnny Davis, you, you don't know if he's not going to be 25 every night. I know averages point as that as likely, but as of late, you know, you could get five, you could get 10 points maybe, you know, and who knows in the tournament. But Tyler Wall is always that consistent double-figure guy, always will make the right play. Had 15 points, nine boards, four assists, had some big plays, you know, really cooled off some Colgate runs, but the, you know, Wall, Hepburn, those, those two guys, Davison, of course, you know, you don't know you're going to get out Davison offensively as well, but of course his defense makes up for it, but you know, they, they have a dangerous team. It's just a team, you know, 
We got to just see how Davis plays in order to see how far this team's going to go. Uh, you, people might be happy with that Iowa State game, that matchup against Wisconsin, but, you know, if I'm Wisconsin, Iowa State is kind of dangerous there at the 11. Uh, Tyrese Hunter of Racine St. Catharines, so was, he was at State last year for basketball. I was able to watch him play in person. He was Big 12 freshman of the year, Zach, and his Iowa State Cyclone squad, they are hungry for some wins. So maybe, you know, I'm not going to – Room for Wisconsin, of course, but you don't know how this next game's gonna go against Iowa State. I think, you know, they they might they might shock some people because people might be thinking, oh, this is eleven, you know, should be a nice win. But you know, Iowa State is you know a tough task, I think, to, in order to get to the Sweet Sixteen here. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, do you have anything was, else there with with Wisconsin? I was talking to Jared, and he told me that uh, Wisconsin has Iowa State by ten. So oh, okay, you definitely have some different uh, different thoughts on the game. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Well, what I my rebuttal to that is, is it's March, and I think you know, I think that's just that's all I need to say, right? March has been has proven to be there's been some wacky upsets. So let's talk about them, right? We're, we're not going to go into depth about them, but the 15 seed St. Peter's, they make the Sweet 16 first time in their school history. Uh, Murray State they beat, and they beat Murray State by 10, the seven seed, and then they beat Kentucky by six. So, I mean, I'm, I don't think anyone had that in the brackets. You know, I certainly didn't, but UCLA, they take care of St. Mary's, no problem. They beat them by 16. Good win for UCLA. I do have UCLA going far in a lot of brackets, so that's, you know, and people might question that, but again, because this isn't the same UCLA team as last year, it really isn't, like, record and performance-wise, but I went with it. You know, um, Providence, a lot of people have said Providence is going to be the team that gets upset. They chose them in both of the games against Richmond and South Dakota State to get upset, but they beat Richmond by 28 points. They took care of them. That might be a scary game for Kansas because Providence is playing their best basketball again right now. They've been inconsistent, though, so one slip-up is for sure a possibility. Uh, Michigan, Tennessee, that game, don't want to talk about it. Michigan wins by eight. That game really hurt the brackets. Otherwise, you know, everything else is bad. You know, UConn losing right away, that kind of hurt some people. You know, UConn, the Huskies. Actually, some ESPN analysts had UConn going far, which I, I respect. That UConn team was solid top to bottom. Alabama goes down by 14. That was just one of the most inconsistent teams this year. And then, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see if there's going to be any more upsets. Full disclosure, this is Sunday morning, so, you know, I'm sure there's more upsets than tomorrow on Monday when this airs, because that's just how it is, right, with March. March is mad, is how we say it. But with that, Zach, let's let's talk some NBA here. We got to talk about what the Bucks have been doing. You know, Bucks are sitting as a three-seat in the East. They are, they've, been, they've been playing well as of late, of course. I mean, they really stepped up the second half. This is what Jared and I predicted in our Bucks, you know, slash NBA midseason recap. And... Yeah, um, they, they struggled a little bit in Minnesota. Minnesota was really able you know, to limit them offensively, and, and they their defense just had, wasn't wasn't great against Minnesota the Minnesota um, team. And, yeah, the Timberwolves, they've been, you know, they've been playing well this year, but I wanted to highlight just a quick, few quick things. Um, the main thing being Brooke Lopez is back, Zach, so, you know, that, that's going to be big for this Buck squad down the stretch. They've been just kind of working back in, you know, 15, 20 minutes a game, and he's played, you know, a little rusty, but that'll happen, and I think that he's going to do be just fine. That's the guy you need for that defense to really bolster them down the stretch, for sure. 
But the Bucks, um, we'll talk about their schedule then coming up a little bit before you know we talk about some other sports here. But yeah, the Bucks they play the Bulls again. That's gonna be a fun game. That is gonna be Tuesday night. They play the Bulls. Bulls can't beat good teams. Bucks by twenty. I'm kidding, but Bucks are gonna win that game. Um, you know, Wizards they go they go play the Bucks at Milwaukee March twenty fourth, and then the Grizzlies they go to Memphis. They play the Grizzlies. So that's you know. Grizzlies have won 48 games so far, 48 and 23. That's going to be a tough game for the 44 and 26 Bucks. But I'm liking still the Bucks in that game. Giannis, like some people have Giannis right now as an MVP front runner, which might be insane considering you know how Embiid and Jokic have played. But why not? I mean, Giannis has has the stats, he has the team success, he has it all. And I know people want Embiid to win his first MVP, so there's a narrative pushing behind that, and that might be enough to win him it really that narrative, but. We'll have to wait and see. All right, Zach, we got your favorite probably segment now on this episode. We got the NFL offseason we'll be talking. So I know you're going to enjoy this. You want to start talking some Packers and then we'll work our way into general NFL stuff? How's that sound? Sounds good. All right, let's start with moves that the Packers did the last few days. I will start with moves that happened March 19th. Robert Tunyon, he is back um, after that torn ACL. They signed him to a one-year deal. Um, overall, Zach, you a fan of this? I know you were a, you were a holder of Josiah DeGuara. I mean, what does that mean for him? What do you think of this move? Um, well, I don't think DeGuara was going to be part of the offense either way, whether Tanya came back or not. I think they're definitely going to make a move at tight end. Even if they didn't bring Tanya back, they're going to get somebody else. I don't have high hopes for DeGuara, but I do like this move. I've seen Tanya had the great year with um, a bunch of touchdowns and then um, last year, he was having a solid year, not as many touchdowns, but he was having a solid year yet for his injury. But I do like the move, kind of uh, give Rodgers another target with Adams gone. Adams gone now. Red zone targets for me, for the Packers, is the most in- interesting part right now in fantasy for the team because Tony might get them. You know, A.J. Dillon might be a guy. Um, there, There's just, you know, I, I don't know. And I mean, I know this is, you know, who, who knows, right? But who do you think is going to be that guy? Like Adams is always that guy. Who's going to step in? I would be surprised if Aaron Jones um, starts running even more routes this year. I know he's ran a lot of routes. He's been uh, kind of increasing the amount of routes and receptions, everything he's had every year. But I would be surprised this year if he's kind of like uh, half in the backfield, half just running routes. I think he's going to be. Uh, I would like that. Kind of like a hybrid player that runs just as many routes as he does. Um, has carries so. kind of like Debo. Um, yeah, like I think kind he, of like backwards, right? Because Debo being a receiver now, more running. But if we kind of yeah. put Jones running more receiving, okay, yeah. Jones getting like probably ten carries a game and anywhere from five to ten receptions, while Dylan gets like fifteen carries a game, something like that. Sounds so good I, for AJ Dylan's fantasy. Style. Yeah, I think definitely has to. He has to be part of the offense. This is third year now. They used a second-round pick on him, so. You're right. Yeah, that's how it is. But Jordan Love, he's not going to be part of the offense. Is that Aaron Rodgers' extension, Zach? Um, so we'll talk about that one later here quickly. But Packers, they bring back Rasul Douglas. I want to mention that one. I think that was a great deal. Three-year contract reported deal is for $21 million. So that is exciting, um, right? I mean, that was, a, that was a guy you had to sign back, right? Yeah, I mean – I thought maybe they'd get him for a little bit less, but I've seen great for him. 
Uh, he was jumping around practice squads, jumping teams, couldn't find a home, and then came to Green Bay. Had he was had a couple turnovers, a couple big time picks, and gets his pay. Yeah, that's exactly what he did there. And then yeah, we'll talk more of the moves here. Um, Devontae Adams, this was the big one, March seventeenth. He's ready to Vegas. Um. I know us, we talked about this move right away. Uh, Packers are getting the Raiders' first and second round picks in this year's draft. I like this move. Um, I think if you're not going to be able to re- really pay him or you know, re-sign him because he didn't, he wasn't going to play under the tag. So um, I think this was the right move. And now they got draft capital for it as well. And Zach, what do you think? Um, well, the reports came out that the Packers offered him just as much, if not more. And he just wanted to go play in Las Vegas, his lifelong dream. So, obviously, I think I liked the trade even before that. And then after hearing that, I think it was great move, perfect move. I obviously can't really do anything else if he want to play in Green Bay. But especially with Rodgers knowing that before his contract, um, there's not going to be a big issue with that. But getting a first and second rounder this year, I think they're definitely going to take one receiver for sure. I think everyone can agree on that. I can even see them taking like one in the first and one in the second round and doubling up at receiver. So, yeah, if you want to hear us talk about what guys they're going to draft, listen Friday for Journey to Million. Um, arguably, you know, we mentioned it's up in the air, but if we talk Packers, you know, you're going to be able to hear the in depth stuff, all that good stuff that we'll, that Jared, myself, and Zach are going to talk about. So, listen Friday for the Journey to Million offseason previews if you want to listen about the more Packers draft situation, but. Yeah, Adams, talking about him again. You know, there's reports that he wanted to play with um, college QB Derek Carr. And it, was, it wasn't because of the money like you said. So um, I, I think, you know, now he's able to go play in Vegas and that wonderful um, venue that they have in Las Vegas. And, yeah, um, that was quite the trade that broke. But, you know, good for the Packers getting guys. And, yeah, we'll talk about those receiver prospects more in a later episode on the Journey to Million. But. How do you think this affects uh, Hunter Renfro next year for fantasy-wise? That's a great question because, right, they've they've been able to grab you know, a lot more guys for that offense. And I don't I don't know. I, I mean, obviously, I think it hurts them because, you know, uh, we like any fantasy sport, right, um, the more you're going to want more, more like receptions. You're going to want more minutes in basketball. You're going to want more at-bats in baseball. And anytime when there's a player that comes in and limits one of those factors – um, your stock definitely is not looking good, right? Um, so I think Renfro, I think this hurts him. And maybe there's an argument that maybe it helps him because maybe he's less of a guy you game plan against. I mean, I, I can totally see that argument, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's losing receptions, I think, with Adams showing up. So I, th- I think it helps him because I think they're going to be passing a lot more because um, they have Waller, they have Renfro, they have Adams now. And obviously, defense is going to be more worried about Adams than Renfro, so they're going to be um, having that coverage on Adams, like you said. But Renfro had he was kind of a had an underrated fantasy season last year. He had a pretty good year, and I think he was top fifteen for receivers. But with Adams now, I think they're going to be passing a lot more, which so that's going to boost their car stock or his draft value. But then also, I think. Renfro is going to go up a little bit. Like I don't think it's going to be a big jump where he's going to be top five receiver or anything, but I could see him being around that wide receiver 10 range. 
But I think this also hurts Adam stock a little bit. What about Josh Jacobs? Is this the guy who it really hurts? Because if they're going to go more passing offense, like you said, with all those weapons, is Josh Jacobs going to be as much as a weapon as we've seen in years past? Yeah, I mean, I was never a big Josh Jacobs fan just because he didn't get a whole lot of receptions, and he's pretty inconsistent. He can have like five points one week, and then also next week he gets two touchdowns, has a 20-point week. But with Kenyon Drake still there, I think um, Josh Jacobs is going to go from kind of that running back two to maybe a high-end running back three. Um, I think it definitely does hurt his stock. Um, maybe instead of getting 20 carries a game, he'll get 15. But I think um, they're trying to compete with the AFC West, which obviously that's a stacked division, and it's a pass-happy pass happy, um, division with uh, you got Mahomes, you got Herbert, you got Russ now. So I think they're trying to go along those lines, and they're going to be passing a lot. So I that, think it does. That division is insane. Like you said, I don't even know if they they even finished third in that division. But I think, you know, I think this move, I think that puts them, I think at least third, you know, or maybe third is their 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 destined spot. I don't think. And you may ask who I'm going to put last. I think I don't want to put the Broncos last because I think that team's actually done a lot, a lot of great things. Of course, the Russ and they still had a solid pieces around, but I don't know if this Raiders team Zach is in last place because I certainly think the Chargers are going to make that leap. Look at what they've done, and I don't think you can count out the Chiefs. So, who are you putting in? Then? What? Who are you putting in last? Then I think I put Denver, and I think it'll be close. I think it'll be by like you know maybe identical records based on tiebreakers, something like that, because that's how good this division is. Yeah, this might be a hot take, but uh, I don't think Chiefs are in the division this year. Are you going Chargers? I think I'm going to. I, I, I like that. I mean, I, I they think it's more consistent and not um, – because I think the going for it on fourth down, lots exciting to watch and definitely was good at some points. I think it did um, kind of hurt them and maybe lose them a game or two throughout the well, year. What about this, Zach? Now they have – a better pass rush, better defense, where they have maybe more trust to do that. Yeah, and especially one of their underrated signings, Sebastian Joseph Day, the defensive tackle from the Rams. I mean, he's reuniting with Joe Staley, who is the Rams' defensive coordinator. And I've seen Joseph Day is playing along Donald, so that maybe made him look a little bit better. But now he's playing along Cleo Mack and Joey Bosa. So is that really a downgrade? I mean, it's not going to align with no other stars around them. I think that was a great move. And FC J.C. Jackson was another good move. So the defense is drastically improved. And with Herbert, right? I mean, Herbert now in his third year coming up, that's going to be nice to see. I think yeah, this Chargers team is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And maybe even with Joe Staley, maybe they're going to start, you know, maybe not going for those fourth down things. There could be the other argument where, they have so much trust in their defense, you know, let's just, let's just put our defense in hand. They'll get us the ball back. So I think, you know, it could go either way. And I think that'll really help Joe Staley's decision-making being less indecisive because now you have a defense. So more confidence, hopefully with them. Well, let's talk this Rogers extension quickly here before we go more general NFL. Um, that, that three-year deal is an extension again. So he was not a free agent. It was for a little, little more than 150 million. And, you know, if he doesn't retire after the 2024 season at the end of the three years, those two extra years will be restructured. And that's just how it is. And they free up 
18.2 million in cap space this year by extending Rogers. Zach, of course, I mean, you have to get, I, I said this, I said, you have to pay Rogers, whatever money he wants, right? He's a guy, you know, there, there's only a few guys where you do that. And I think he is certainly one of them. Yeah. And he's still getting his money. He's helping team free up some more cap space. Obviously that money has been used to bring back, bring back guys like Campbell. Um, so I think Jair is probably going to get an extension here soon. So they have the cap space for that now. But I like the move. I see Rogers still gets his money. I think, like you said, after those three years, after 2024, if he does decide he wants to keep playing, um, they're going to have to redo his contract, probably get a new contract again. But Yeah, we're good. I, I like- yeah. Packers, they re-sign Devondre Campbell. This is from March 14th, so this is the last one we'll talk about as it's a week, you know, week past already. They get him a five-year, $50 million deal. Wow. Um, I'll take him for $10 million a year, Zach. Um, he came out of nowhere as a one-year, $2 million summer signing. An all-pro linebacker now, I think this was this was awesome. I mean, I have no complaints. Um, lock up a guy like that. Campbell and Douglas, the two guys I think you had to sign. They got them both back. So, really happy to see that. What do you think, Zach? Yeah, I, was, I don't know if it's the length of the contract. is why the Packers were able to get him back for 10, but I thought he was going to get maybe that 13 to 14 range. Uh, I thought he was going to get a little bit more, but I don't know. Maybe you just want to stay in Green Bay. There's a lot of things that could have factored into that, but I like the sign for Green Bay. Definitely helps that defense. Definitely the, the length, I think, for sure, but yeah, let's talk about some general offseason moves here quickly. Um, let's start. Let's, I'll just, I'm going to throw some teams out there, Zach. We're going to talk about them. Pretty brief, right? Cleveland Browns. They got Amari Cooper. They got him via trade. They, they signed Jakeem Grant and then that big Deshaun Watson trade and that extension. Um, what do you think about the moves they've done, Zach? And also, you know, Deshaun Watson in general. Um, I like the Mari Cooper trade. Obviously, they needed receivers. They did cut um, Landry, so that kind of uh, takes away the wide receiver too, but they do have shorts who probably – I like to make a big jump this year, but obviously you never know. But did they restructure Cooper's contract? So his cap hit is a little bit less than it was. And obviously the Watson trade, and they gave up a lot of draft picks. But, I mean, they got their quarterback. Obviously they didn't think Baker would be able to take them to Super Bowl and win it. So they went on, did what they thought they had to do. Well, for me, yeah, I, I was at the level, like, if this, this Browns team is going to keep Baker – they might as well just pull the whole thing up. I mean, I like there's no they're not going to win, be able to win games with Baker. I mean, it's just as simple as that. So I was, I and that, that might have been you know as far as I went because I was I I thought Baker you know just was not not that quarterback. I mean, he's probably a top thirty two quarterback, right? But he's certainly not. I don't think he's a guy who wins the playoff games. So they got out there, they went out there, they got a guy who can win you some playoff games, and they got you know Amari Cooper. Um, and Jakeem Grant, you know, who's been who's solid for the Bears as well. I I like this. I like the moves that they pulled off for Cleveland, and I think this helps them out, Zach. Um, you know, talking play, I think I think they make it in next year now. Um, with this, I don't probably you know as a wild card team is always where I'll say for them because lots of those, but um, for sure looking good, I'd say for the Browns. Uh, Denver Broncos, you know, we mentioned the Wilson trade. Um, we mentioned, you know, 
they did get Randy Gregory from the Cowboys. So that was kind of a big move. Did you like that move? Um, yeah, I guess I don't really know. I haven't watched a whole lot of Randy Gregory, but I do like the move. I think the Broncos uh, needed a edge to go across from uh, Bradley Chubb. So I think they kind of filled that hole. I mean, there's a lot of links to Von Miller, but obviously he signed that big deal with Buffalo. But I like yeah. that move. Obviously, I like their Russ move because everyone pretty much viewed them as quarterback away, and they went out and got that quarterback. Um, losing to Shelby Harris is kind of kind of tough for the Broncos, but I think they have other pieces in that defense that can kind of help make up for that. Yeah, this Broncos team, like, very solid. I know you're a Javante Williams um, dynasty holder, right? So, I mean, it's looking good for you, too, on, for running back as well, pair up with Russ in that offensive line. But Los Angeles Rams, we'll talk a little about what they did. The rich get richer, I say. Allen Robinson, three years, $46.5 million. The L.A. teams are just, you know, they're, they're making better teams in the offseason. And I, I thought that was a great thing. And they, they still have the possibility, right, to, you know, sign, re-sign OBJ. And also, uh, we saw them extend Stafford. So it's looking good right now for the Rams. Uh, they, they got some key offensive line pieces back. Joe Noboom, three-year, $40 million, And then Brian Allen, three-year, $24 million, their center. And, yeah, um, what do you think? Because, I mean, Whit- Whitworth retiring, I think they, they got their needs. And they are, looking, they are looking pretty good in the NFC. Yeah, like they're moves at the O-line to kind of solidify that. And then the Allen Robinson signing, I thought somebody was going to get him for less value than he is. I think um, his years with the Bears definitely hurt his value and what he in free agency. And with the 15 million year he got, I think with the uh, current wide receiver market, um, if he would have been a free agent one or two years ago, he could have got a little bit more. But I do like the uh, signing and then Obviously, if they do get OBJ back, who they've been linked to, um, that kind of fills out their three wide receivers. Obviously, with Rob Woods gone to Tennessee now, but yeah, I like what they've been making. All right, I gotta talk to you about one of these moves. Like what what the one of these teams is doing? Um, the Minnesota Vikings, right? Um, we saw them. Uh, the extension with Cousins, right? Wasn't a one year, thirty five million dollars some extension? Yeah. So. My question is, what are they doing? Um, you know, I, I don't – that Minnesota Vikings team, top to bottom, is that team good enough to compete maybe, you know, in – like looking at the NFL today? And I don't – I've seen – I think it depends a lot on um, Kevin O'Connell, their new head coach. But I think that team is good enough to get into a wild card with how weak the NFC is right now. Obviously, I think Green Bay is still going to win the division – if they make some moves at receiver, which I think they pretty much have to, I don't see how they want. So I think, I don't think they're in play to win the division and beat green Bay, but I do think they're in the, in the hunt for a wild card and maybe win a playoff game or two, but I don't think they're at the um, caliber of a team to win the super bowl. But I've seen with um, how the quarterback market is right now, they're going to want to keep Kirk cousins if they do have a shot to compete for the playoffs. And I think the extension did lower his cap this year. So I think that's a bit of the extension there. But I guess I'm not really sure because I don't think that team can win a Super Bowl right now. 
that's what I'm saying. Right. And, uh, you know, you have Justin Jefferson, a generational talent. So I'm not going to say just throw the, you know, rebuild the whole thing. Right. But that defense definitely needs some rebuilding. I thought Harrison Smith, um, you know, was a guy maybe because th- there's always that line. I mean, we, we talk about this off, off the air. I, I think there's some guys you got to trade or you may, you might trade a year early, but some guys you have to trade. I think, um, Harrison Smith is a guy, you know, I, I don't know maybe who would be a taker and I don't know what his value would be. Right. Because we've seen some, some, you know, star or like excellent players because of their cap hit, you know, go for not as much as you would think. Right. I mean, Khalil Mack yeah, being one of them. Robert but, Woods. Yeah. Robert. Oh, mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, what, what do you think the value is for a guy like Harrison Smith? And do you think, you know, being a rebuilding defense, maybe they trade and try to replenish those guys in order to be ready for Justin Jefferson, you know, when he, or even Dalvin cook, you know, for a few more years, or what do you think the plan is? Um, possibly. I heard there were some rumors a little earlier in the off season that um, the Vikings were listening to offers for Dalvin cook. So I think if um, cook goes somewhere, obviously Madison could still Alexander Madison could still step in and be a solid running back. But I think um, it kind of depends on quarterback because Kirk Cousins, is he going to win a Super Bowl? Like, can he lead you there? Um, possibly, but I think you need a pretty good team around him, kind of like Jimmy G in San Francisco. But um, Harrison Smith, his value, he is getting a little bit older, so I think you can maybe get uh, fourth or fifth for him. I don't think you're going to get a day one or day two draft pick. But yeah. I'm – you never know with the contenders. So I think they, you know, what they're doing because what, what's going to happen is if this team doesn't win, they're going to be, they're going to be stuck in a position where they're going to have to trade Justin Jefferson for something. I don't know if they would ever do that, but I think, you know, if they're not competing, I, I think they're going to be put in a position where they have to, they have to trade him. I think, you know, and this is if Dalvin Cook's still around, but if this doesn't work out with O'Connell, Kevin O'Connell, and this, this squad, this Minnesota Viking team, I think, there are, you know, if they blow this whole thing up, there's a lot of value in some spots. Eric Kendricks as well. But uh, they do have uh, Daniil Hunter, who is a defense or edge rusher. I mean, I think he has some value. He's only 27, something like that. So, yeah. Um, but I, I, so I think there's a lot of value with, with a lot of these guys is my point. I'll just, like, there, there are some guys that defense has problems. Uh, a secondary, holy smokes, right? I mean, their corners, it, it's rough. So I think, um, you know, getting rid of some of these guys, like we mentioned, you know, Kendricks and then Smith, I think those guys are going to be people you look at. And, yeah, um, Vikings, I don't know what what to do if they are them right now because, like I said, like, I don't – I just want to throw out team as an example because and we, we talked about it. I think what teams have done, been able to do in the offseason and what teams haven't done in the offseason is just – little interesting here, especially for a team like the Vikings, like these teams that are not in contention and, you know, holding on to guys too long, wasting, you know, potential draft capital. I think that's something that's interesting to me. And then, of course, you know, there's just some of those guys you can't, you you know, you don't trade because the Steelers are. Why would they trade? I think they're a quarterback away, I think, from, you know, making doing some damage in the NFC. So, I mean, what, what are your thoughts more on that? But again, let's talk about it. And Steelers, or yeah, they're looking good. Um, yeah, I think they they need some little bit of secondary help. 
FC, they signed Mitch Trubisky. So, I guess, I don't know, there's a lot of different thoughts on him. Um, he said behind Josh Allen. So, some people think that may resurrect his career. FC is away from Matt Nagy now. So, I think there's potential maybe. But then again, I don't see him being like a top 10 quarterback. Probably not even top 15. So I think he's going to be kind of a placeholder. I think they still need to eventually go and make a move and find somebody to take over where Big Ben used to be. They kind of need that franchise quarterback yet. But I think they have the D-line. Um, they had the receivers, obviously. Pittsburgh's known for the receivers. Um, they did make a couple good moves at O-line to help out Najee and whoever their quarterback, certain quarterback will be. But I think there are a few pieces away yet, especially with how tough the AFC is. Exactly. I think with that, Zach, we're going to wrap up here just some trivia. How does that sound? Sounds good. I'm doing the trivia today. Five questions, Zach. Let's see how you do. All right. First question here. And like I said, grab bag. All sports will be covered in this one. Largest average annual value contract signed this season, not including an extension. Do you know it off the top of your head? It's like how much are the highest yearly amount that someone's making. Is that including like soccer and everything or just the three? No, no, just football. Just football. Just football. NFL. Uh, I I got three options for you as well. Okay. Okay. Christian Kirk, Von Miller, or JC Jackson? Um, JC Jackson was five for 82. Von Miller was six for one. It's Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk, based on what I saw, his he is eighteen million because he's four years seventy two. Zach. Okay, so that's going to be it's Von Miller six Von- year one twenty. So, the answer there would be B for Von Miller. All right, here's a NCAA March Madness one, Zach. Hopefully, you can get this. Who was NCAA March Madness champion in last se- last year? So, who was it in twenty twenty one? Is Baylor? Yep. You are one for two. True or false? Marquette hasn't won the NCAA men's basketball championship before. Is that true or false? False. That is false. They did indeed win it, Zach, 1977. Al McGuire, his squad beat North Carolina. They couldn't do it this year, but they did beat him before. Was that when, uh, like, Dwayne Wade was there? Or was that before him? Um, that is, like, 26 years before him. Dwayne Wade was there in 2003. What year did you say? 1977. Oh, I was thinking 1997. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. What role do the Brewers plan to use Andrew McCutcheon in for 2022? Designated hitter. Ding, ding, ding. You got it. Got it. Three for four. All right. Last one. I did say this earlier in the episode, so we have to see your listening skills. What seed as of March 20, 2022 are the Bucks currently in for the Eastern Conference? Seed. They are four or five for Zach. There's some, you know, there's some easier ones in there. Zach's first time really doing trivia, so we have to work him in there, right? Ironically, he gets the one NFL one wrong, but he does well in the other ones. So we'll take a four out of five for you, Zach. And yeah, that's kind of how trivia rolls here. Five cool questions. And yeah, how was it being on your first full episode of the sports crew? It was fun. Something different from Journey to a Million. Yeah, and with that, I mean, we'll talk, you know, we'll talk more NFL during million. So listen Fridays because we all have some guests on. It's a lot of fun. 
we get some records. We do some fun stuff. You'll hear Zach say some wild things, saying like the Jets go nine and eight. So I stand by that. So yeah, Zach, you know, and there's some bold takes on there. Um, we 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 have it all. So uh, talking some scheduling here before we go tomorrow, you'll hear myself and Robert Schimmick. We'll be talking state basketball. We'll do a little recap there, and then we have Drew's College Athlete Spotlight. Um, so catch that Wednesday. We have a guest on for that, of course. Thursday, EWC Girls Season Recap is coming out. Robert Schimmick and I are on to discuss the whole thing. Journey to Million is Friday. So that's myself, Zach Rausch, and then Jared Valeski, of course. We'll be talking some offseason, doing some two teams. And then next Monday, finally, you will hear Jordan Lorenz back with myself. We'll be talking, you know, episode 55 of the sports crew. So that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, probably more March Madness. MLB is coming up. That that Brewers season slash MLB season preview has got to be coming up because I have a lot of bold takes for that. And I'm excited to share them. But yeah, um, with that, I mean, shout shout yourself out, Zach. Where can the people find you? Um, I think it's ZRoche21 on Instagram. Yeah, so follow him there. And of course, follow the podcast platforms. You know, first myself, Drew Skyberg, Gary W-S-K-Y-B-E-R-G on all the social media platforms. And then, yeah, the podcast of JD Sports Pod is our Twitter. I mean, I was posting state updates the whole way. You know, posting halftime finals, pregame scores, and all our, all that good stuff for the state games. And then also Instagram, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Follow us there, of course. YouTube, get us to 50 subs. Got to do that. Jordan Drew the sports crew as well. And then our Facebook, Jordan Drew the sports crew. If you don't have any of those, you know, always Facebook. So, uh, yeah, with that, thank you all for listening to yet another episode of Jordan Drew the sports crew. The perfect podcast for you.